Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Thanks for stopping by for another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles and back by popular demand, Elizabeth Cooper. How the heck are you doing today, Elizabeth? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. You've been busy. You've been doing sometimes one, two shows a day on the Elizabeth Cooper, Caffeinated Cooper show. Uh, give us the skinny. What's mm-hmm. going on? Yeah. So, okay. So we're finishing up season five on the Caffeinated Cooper show and Um, you know, I've had to take some time off this year. I've had, uh, some surgeries and things like that. Nothing major, like totally back on my two feet and I'm running around and doing everything that I do, but I really wanted to make a good push at this fall into the winter and get caught up. So because I had to take a few months off, I have a lot of people that were contacting me saying, Oh, you know, I've got this project or I'm doing this or I'm selling this. Can I come on the show? And I said, yes, 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 yes. Just may I borrow an ounce of your patience? And I promise I'll get back to you. So I feel really, really lucky and very blessed that I have so many interesting people that want to come onto the show. So I thought, okay, let's go for it. So we are doing um, a show Wednesday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern. Some weeks, if there's high demand or possibly, you know, uh, let's say a feature film releasing or something that's timed, Then I also open up Thursday evening at 9 p.m., Monday evening at 9 p.m., and Saturday is a super Saturday. So there's two interviews on Saturday morning, and then we do the news uh, early Saturday afternoon. So around 1 p.m., we'll do the news. And um, I love it. You know, it just works for the schedule, and it's been really, really nice. So this is something they can catch on your Facebook page and on YouTube. Just search Caffeinated Cooper Show. And there it's on YouTube. It is. It's available on YouTube, The Caffeinated Cooper Show. Um, It is available on Facebook in a couple of different locations. So on my timeline under Elizabeth Cooper, as well as Cooper Studios um, page. And um, very soon, hopefully, I am talking to somebody about some distribution. And it's, you know... I can't really say any names, but it's like all of the streaming larger content bases that on a smart TV, you download the app and then you can watch all the content. So I'm sure you're with me and all your viewers are with me of of some of the applications that you can do that on. So there is one of those that I'm really excited. We're going into talks about that and um, I might be available on every smart TV all over the world. And that'll be really interesting and and fun. That's going to be awesome. Now, you've had some really cool guests recently. You had a, a, an agent from Hollywood, and then you had uh, a, a member of one of my favorite bands from the 80s, the Romantics. That was a, I, that was a fun chat. I did. I had Mike Skill on from the Romantics. So Mike Skill, now the Romantics, you know, they were big in 1980, uh, 83, 84. Um, and if you Google the Romantics, if maybe you're like, oh, you know, I heard of them. What was their big song? Oh, huge songs talking in my sleep. I mean, huge songs. And um, he is now releasing music under his own name. So it's skill, Mike skill, like bond, James bond, you know, and um, he has a new single out called 67 riot. And it is really, really good. It's a little mix of that old rock, um, 
You might hear a few Beatles tones in there, but then you're going to hear some of the hair band mixed with alternative. Like he's got a little bit of everything, but it really works. And that's an awesome tune. So he was on to talk about his work and the romantics are still touring. I know. I know. I'm like the eighties guru. I like, I bill myself as like the official spokesman for generation X, but, uh, but I, you know, I love their music and, uh, yeah, I hear the secrets that you keep. Uh-huh. We all know uh-huh. that song. And then um, what was the other one? What I like about you. That was a great tune. What I like about you. That was that was fun. So yeah, they were they were really big back then. And uh yeah, but I, I listened to the that song that he his new video on YouTube. Great tune. Mm-hmm. What what I like about your show, you have such really interesting, diverse guests from l- literally all walks of life, people doing philanthropy and charity to uh, a, a gentleman the other night who was um, a fitness guru and helps people out with, with uh, personal health and fitness, actresses, some that have had you know, big major roles, some that are kind of new to that, you know? So you, you run the gamut. Um, what next season, any, uh, any, any kind of sneak peeks or do we get, do we get anything like that coming next year? Oh, next season. Well, I will tell you, um, I am pushing myself. So for season five, I've decided to open up a couple of different, uh, venues, uh, you know, I'm advertising a little bit more. So I have a sponsor that's popping in through the show. I have the, the sponsored partnership. Um, so you can become a partner of Cooper studio. And then that ad runs every single time, um, in the show. So I, you know, I think as far as the skill set is what I'm trying to say, I'm pushing myself to be better at what I do. So although I can't really talk about the guests that are coming on in season six, which will begin next year, I do think you're going to be even more entertained. And I love the super Saturday setup. So the super Saturdays are definitely going to stay. And that gives me a little more flexibility to bring some comedy in there. Um, to do some different things. Well, speaking of comedy, I ran across this page that had 65 questions, right? Just like random, <laughs> crazy questions. And I wanted to ask you as far as comedy, because I know it's, that's been a big part of what you do in a lot of your videos that you've made online. And they're, and they're wildly <laughs> hilarious. You've got a great sense of humor as many times as we've talked. Um, Thank you. As far as movies are concerned, what would you think is the funniest movie you've ever seen? Spaceballs. Ooh, good choice. Like you just, you didn't even hesitate on that sucker. Spaceballs. Yeah. I have a couple of them. All right. So Spaceballs, you know, as a throwback, definitely. Tropic Thunder, my all-time favorite. I am someone that I I have a photographic memory, um, especially with movies, especially, you know, with anything that I can sit there and watch, I will memorize every little bit about it. So I, it's really hard for me to go back and rewatch a movie. And Tropic Thunder is one of those movies where I have to admit I've watched it four or five times, which is really unusual for me. Um, what is your favorite comedy film? You know, I was I started thinking about that before, you know, before we started talking. I was like, you know, I've got so many comedy. I love I love that college humor. So like Will Ferrell's hilarious. Like, but if I had to like pick one or two, like, well, old school is one of the funniest movies right and I, I just love that movie but then i was thinking you know there's there's more to comedy than just like some of that college stuff there was a movie by john ritter called skin beat and i don't i don't know if you've seen this it was his late 80s yeah. and john ritter is not known for like being you know, he's three's company but he doesn't you know he's not a joke teller but just the physical comedy of this guy is genius and mm-hmm. you know you know rest in peace john ritter he is absolutely one of my favorite all-time actors and I would call him a comedian because of the mini with that movie. If you've never seen it, um, search it. I don't know if it's on Netflix. It might be on Tubi or one of those other search, uh, those other channels or Pluto on the movie section. But um, if I had to pick just one, I got to go back to Animal House. Really? Yeah. Um, in this mm-hmm. age of Corona, we had the Delta variant. The, the, I remember that meme going around. It had all the guys with Delta, <laughs> the <Right>. Delta, like, <laughs> That's classic. But yeah, Animal House was was one of those movies that just sticks with you, like Dumb and Dumber, you know? 
Yeah, it, well, it does. Animal House. And I mean, kids are still watching Animal House. You know, some of these movies will just, they're just iconic. They'll never, ever die. So I have a question for you. Office Space. Would yeah. you really quantify that as a comedy? Which, you know, it is. It's, I guess the genre of it is going to be, what is it? Like dramatic comedy, right? Yeah. You know, I used to work at Fidelity and they had a song Cubicle, so I called it reality TV. The hell I, I know. I love that film. It, but another it was one great. that I have watched a few times. I've, I've, all right. What movie have you watched the most? The most? Probably, oh gosh. Probably the B movie or Elf because my kids have that on repeat. Ah. <laughs> and Toy Story, the kid movies in the background, I probably know all the words to the B movie. Uh, my third daughter, she loved that. And that was the only way that I could go play tennis was I could, the tennis courts were right next to where I could park the car and keep it running. And I was right, right there. I could see her, I could hear her, everything. And she'd sit in her little car seat with the B movie playing while I got to, you know, squeeze in a match. Yeah. Um, so I know the B movie, but like real people films, hmm, watched the most gosh that's a tough one like a guilty pleasure movie every time it's on tv you have to stop and watch it okay that's going to be some of the old stuff like the old roman films from the 60s what's a good one the easter one what is that called you know what i'm talking about they always had them on pbs or on channel U, you know, throwing back to my childhood when we had like just the box TV with the knob started like U, oh, 76, yeah. 63. And then you get to, you know, four, five, six, seven, like all the normal ones. All the way um, through 13, which is all there was. <laughs> was it yeah. Ben Hur? I don't know. That's the only thing. Yes. Those types of films. Yeah. Ben Hur, like all the films that were made in the 60s where the sets are like absolutely fake. But they're on camels going through the desert. It's like, that's not a desert. Like somebody just threw some sand on the floor and got a camel from God knows where and threw you on it. But they're hysterical. I love them. Yeah, because I, I know you uh, You said you didn't watch movies. Like if you watch something four or five times, it's a lot. I mean, some movies I've seen countless times. I think one of my guilty pleasure movies uh, and this, uh, my, uh, my uh, male friends would beat the piss out of me for this, Dead Poets Society. Love that movie. Robin Williams. That's a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. A that's lot of people think Redemption, but yeah, that's one of them. Every time it's on TV, I'm, I don't care how many times I've seen it, I'm going to stop and watch Andy Dufresne try to bust out of prison and shower up in the rain afterwards. You know, it's like, get that stink <laughs> off. Of but, uh, but that was a good movie. Um, but uh, all right, here's a question for you. All right, if you could have okay. a mega celebrity to interview, who would you want to interview? Okay, first thought that comes to mind is James Dean because I think that would be hilarious. But all-time favorite celebrity would be Robin Williams. I think that, and that was my dream while he was alive, was to at least be able to meet him. I mean, I knew trying to set my sights at, oh, one day I'm going to work with him. Like, yeah, okay. But just to be able to feel that energy, I think that would be an amazing interview. Yeah, that would be. That's a good. That's a good answer. Wow, that that guy was incredible. And uh, you know, even even his serious movies, I it just the 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 way that guy acted, the way he sold the underlying messages of what he was, the themes. Um, Goodwill Hunting, an amazing movie, um, mm -hmm. which I think is the only. Ben Affleck flick, I'll probably say that about. But um I know. Uh, yeah. I know. Guy. He he's taken a turn, man. He's taken a, a hard turn to the wrong direction. I mean, that guy started, he was he was straight up hot. He was cute, really cute, cute, tall. He had everything going for him, nice little chiseled face, all that. And then Jennifer like broke his heart and he fell in the bottom hard and now they're back together i mean what do you think is going to happen with that nothing good right <laughs> so yeah. um right yeah i, I mean I, i've got a horrible joke i'm not going to say but like can <laughs> like all the i mean the guy he made most of his movies with was harvey weinstein 
could he join the Me Too movement also? Because he'd be like, Harvey, why'd you make me do those things? Just for a role. Oh, wow. That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> but that guy, Harvey Weinstein, I, I could go on a rant about sickos like that. But um, that's just, uh, yeah, how they, I don't know. He did some movies. I yeah. Mall Rats. I got to hand it to him in Mall Rats. It was funny as hell. Chasing Amy. Good movie. Oh, man. In those. The, uh, was it Kevin Smith movies? Because mm-hmm. he did those independent films, and uh, he did he one with some Matt Hilarious, and Alana yeah. Morissette was playing God. <laughs> did you remember that? She, yeah, wow, yeah. Like uh, how, dogma, how that came about? I don't know. Dogma. Yeah, that, I mean they That's were. That's right. They had to be. Yeah, they were smoking something to write that movie. Yeah, it had to, had to be. That was way. That was totally whacked. That was, was way way out there. That was like uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is, is I enjoy it. I've actually, that I have watched it more than once, um, but it's whacked, like you beyond. Know, do you like Tarantino movies? There are some Tarantino movies that I do like. You know, of course it's Tarantino. So you know what you're getting. You're getting the sickest, most twisted, most confusing. It's like a movie that has ADHD, severe with anxiety with a side of depression on cocaine like that those are his films that's it that's what you're getting yeah so i think if you know that going into it then it's like okay buckle up buttercup we're gonna go for a ride and see where it takes you and sometimes you're just gonna like turn off the tv you're gonna be like okay this took a twist towards like the sadistic and satanism (laughs) like no not for me so i think some of his films are just not for humanity and the rest of them are tolerable, but they're all very interesting is a nice word to put there. Yeah. I like the first, I think my first experience with them was uh, Reservoir Dogs. Mm. And I liked just the way that that was story was told in time in pieces and time pieces. And then I watched Pulp Fiction when I was in grad school. <laughs> and I got to say that movie changed my life, not saying for the better, but my language, my cursing. It's like the Sopranos. Like I upped my game <laughs> after watching a couple of episodes. It's like I got to work on these f bombs, you know. Um, and uh, but yeah, his movies are kind of kind of tough to watch. I, I actually forced myself. I had to literally force myself to finish watching Django and Chain. I, I don't know. I watched that film. I watched that one, and. Um... Okay, so I have seen thousands of films. Let me let me back this up for a second. I've seen thousands of films, the first 10 minutes of them. A film really has to have everything going for it to keep my attention and for me to stay awake because I will fall asleep. It's like something internal. I can't control it. It's an allergic reaction. I just go to sleep if your film sucks. So Django, I actually watched all the way to the end and I thought, hmm, weird, twisted sad but i liked it like i liked it um and then there's some films that just stick with you and you can't it's like that the blob it's like it's just on you and you've been slimed you can't get rid of it uh where art thou have you seen that oh oh, brother oh brother where art thou yes yeah with uh clooney right so that was wild that was one where i'm like I feel like I fell asleep and I dreamed a really weird movie. Yeah. I mean, it's, wasn't it kind of like the pattern after the Odyssey from Homer mm-hmm. it or was. something like that? Um, but yeah, yeah, I've seen, that's another one that's on TV. I'm going to watch. I don't know why I've seen it so many times, but yeah, like Django Unchained, I, I was cringing a lot watching that. Just, I'm just, it was very visceral. It was tough. But like I said, I watched it. I mean, I watched it all the way through because of Samuel L. Jackson. Some people mm-hmm. love the movie, but it's like, yeah, once was enough. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just, it's, it's very difficult to watch for, mm-hmm. for anything. But um, some people watch the movie count. I can watch some movies countless times. The case in point, last night, Humphrey Bogart, The Maltese Falcon was on TMC. Or, T- <laughs> or Turner Classic Movies, right? So I have to watch that. Every single time, and I and I own it. I have a Bogart collection. I don't, a lot of people don't know this, but I collect 
uh, classic films. And uh, so Bogart was one of my favorite actors. So I have this you know, nice little Bogart collection. But yeah, I, I can't wait for Casablanca to come back. Or um, wow. The Big Sleep. The Big Sleep. There, there's nothing like the classics, though. I mean, they were so intricate. And you think about everything they had to go through to set the scene everything the costumes the makeup like everything was so much more effort than and i'm not saying it's easy now because it's not easy now there's full like huge teams of people working on every little piece like you got one girl that's just working on what goes on tables in a room for a scene you know so there's tons of people behind the scenes but man they had to make everything everything they sewing the costumes and the jewelry and that they made everything yeah and it's uh it, just imagine how the important dialogue is and that's mm -hmm. why i appreciate movies now that don't have like all the explosions and the special effects movies with a lot of heavy dialogue and a thick plot is i, you know, I love it i mean that's why i think something like shawshank redemption just uh, was was done so well or even even sports movies like, um, you know, Bull Durham, for example. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's a baseball movie, but or The Natural, that was uh, with right. Robert Redford. I mean, that those those movies were, um, yeah, I think those are kind of classics. I mean, I hate to say a movie that I watch as a kid's a classic now, but I would toss it out there as such. But um, yeah, that's yeah, the, pretty that's, close. That's what's impressive about like what what you do and other actors and actresses do. I mean, yeah, there's a dialogue you sell, but it's it's not just that. You sell an emotion. Uh, here's just a question mm -hmm. that's not on this list, but what is the hardest thing you've had to learn as you've learned your craft of being an actress that was, I don't know, is it the emotional aspect of trying to act? Or, or, no, I wouldn't say that it was any part of uh, becoming the character or acting and learning different styles. I wouldn't say any of that was difficult. Probably the biggest learning uh, came from actually being on set and learning etiquette, learning the language. There's a lot of that that you have to know that helps your character along. You know, if you don't know your etiquette on set, if you don't know um take what you know different takes means or your mark or you know your landing point all that kind of stuff I think that's probably the hardest to learn but if as within just the craft of becoming that character what has been the most difficult or challenging um most difficult or challenging the most daunting is always always being ready to carry the actors and actresses that are in the scene with you because we are human. So somebody could miss a key word within their line. Somebody could miss their whole line and skip to the end of the conversation. So you always have to be on your toes because let's say that happens and we're in a conversation and you skip to the end of the page and left out a whole bunch of meat in the middle. Well, to be a really good partner, you're going to know how to rewind that and make it seem very natural to rewind the conversation, get that missing information, and then meet them where they left off. That is always the most daunting. And I think that does take some skill to learn how to do that because not everybody knows how to do that. And if you don't, you totally break the scene and you give production nothing to use. Does that happen often? It does. It happens a lot. It really does happen a lot. It depends on what set you're on, though. Um, the more professional sets where you're working with, you know, there's a listing and a ranking of actors for a reason. You know, if you're on a set that's an indie film and maybe you got some newbies, maybe you have a lead D-list actor. Yes, that's going to happen a ton. Now you get into the world of A-list actors and it's a union set. It's a huge, gigantic budget. No, no, you, no, you don't. Everybody knows their craft so well that that just very rarely happens. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'm, this is kind of another fun question. I think this was on the list of the 65 I found. 
But um, if you could pick like one celebrity that you could be, be you could think you could be best friends with. Now, I know Alec Baldwin's not going to make this list right now, but if you can pick a celebrity you think you might get along and be good friends with, it'd be cool to be best friends with. Who would you pick? Oh, goodness. Uh, somebody I could be best friends with. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm thinking, Cyrus. I'm thinking. There's so many celebrities I can think of. And the ones that I like are people that I would be friends with in real life that are grounded. Um, and that's hard to find in Hollywood are those that are grounded and selfless. I think out of all of them, there is one man that's coming to mind, which is Will Smith. There's something about Will Smith. Of course, he's grassroots. He built himself. He built his brand. He got really lucky. He won the lottery and was placed in some great productions. And, you know, his music and everything, he just won the lottery. Like that guy's the luckiest guy in Hollywood, to be honest. Um, I think probably I could probably be friends with him just from surface layer. Like I don't really know him, know him, you know? Yeah. I've always heard like, you know, don't ever meet your heroes because they disappoint you. Like, you know, I think like, I would, I would not want to go back and meet Humphrey Bogart. I've read enough about him to know he was an <laughs> asshole. Okay. Yeah, no. As a matter of fact, and, the know, rat pack. Do you know how they got their name, the Rat Pack with with uh, oh, Bogart? Gosh. Because um, this was a really if you, if you don't know it's a really cool story. Because mm-hmm. initially, when people think the Rat Pack, they think of Sinatra and James Dean and and not James Dean, um, Dean Martin, and, right. uh, and who's the other guy? Sammy oh, Davis gosh, Jr. Sinatra. Right, Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they lumped JFK in there for some reason, but. Um, part of it was like a lot of people don't realize this but bogart was literally kind of a part of that pack and it, this is how it happened bogart was at his ranch and he was married to lauren bacall at the time mm-hmm. and uh, so they they'd been married and she had to go down to hollywood for filming on a friday night and she was going to be back on saturday and she said i know you guys are going to have a party will you wait till i come back so i can enjoy this do this saturday night Bogart's smoking his cigar and drinking his, you know, his martinis. Yeah, no problem. Well, in in comes Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. and then all these other people. Wow. And they have this huge party. And then when she gets back Saturday afternoon, Lauren Bacall walks in. Sammy Davis is like crouched in the fetal position on the end of the couch. <laughs> Bogart's asleep in a chair. Uh, there's people like laying on the floor asleep. People she don't even know at this party. And uh, I think Sinatra had woke up and he goes, he got up and said, can I get you a drink doll? And like, she was trying not to cuss. She was telling the story on this show I was watching about, you know, talking about their life. And uh, she just lit a cigarette, looked at every one of them as they were waking up. And she goes, you are the awfulest looking GD rat pack I have ever seen in my life. Was, oh, there you go. And then, and then Sinatra is like, "Yeah, we like that, so we kept that name, Rat Pack." And uh, that's where the name comes from. I've never from heard that. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I've never heard that. I read a book <laughs> once. <laughs> Sorry, I read a book <laughs> once. I got it. But really fun stuff, though. And I can't wait for the next season of your show to see how things kind of pan out there because it's uh, it's been fun watching this ride so far, and uh, it, every every season's been entertaining. So. Looking forward to more. And you're always welcome back on the Gods of Chronicles anytime. And uh, oh, thank you so much. We'll talk some fun stuff. And uh, we'll talk some celebrities. Uh, random question for you Dick Cheney, Lord of the Sith or not? Hmm. Dick Cheney, Lord of the Sith or not? Yeah. You know, there's, there's always, there's some good. And then, you know, there is some bad with Dick Cheney. The thing that got me mm. is he shot a guy in the face and had that guy apologize to him for it. That's what made me think that yeah, guy. Yeah, he's he's got some serious dark passenger stuff going on. Um, you know, oh gosh, 
it, he's one of those guys where it's like, okay, you know, prisoner of war and that's great. Military. That's great. You know, Patriot. That's great. 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 You know? So everything that I ever learned about him up front was all wonderful. It was all roses and candy. And then all this other stuff, like what you just mentioned, all that came out and it's like, oh, but is that real? Oh, that is real. Ooh. Uh. Um, so I think at the end of the day, uh, he definitely, you know, he's, he's had some dark stuff going on. So let's go with Lord of the Sith. Yeah. I'm just a little random advice. Don't go bird hunting in Wyoming with any of the Cheneys. It probably will <laughs> not work out well. And, uh, yeah. At least let your at least let your relatives know where you're at before you leave. No, no, no on the right. spur of the moment fly on the fly trip because you know, you may not come back. I you know, I don't know. I don't know. No, so, I will uh, tell you though, if we're gonna talk politics for just a second, and we're we're not really talking politics at all, but um one lady that I have always adored in the administration, and you know, I even think that possibly she has she was a Democrat a long time ago, possibly is a Republican now. I really don't even pay attention to that. I'm always looking at the whole person. And, you know, I, I love this country. So I always want somebody that has the best business plan. They're, you know, they love the people that are in it and they don't want to do anything to destroy it. And Condoleezza Rice, she has always spoken. Every time that she's spoken, she's always spoken to me with her practicality and her logic. And I think at that time when, you know, we were talking about Dick Cheney and, you know, vice president and all this, it's like, where's Condoleezza? I'd rather see her in office. She had a good head on her shoulders. She really did. And she is so versatile she too, because she was such a football fan. And I think was involved in the NFL and uh, college football as well. And so, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, she, she's very, very level-headed. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's some like I, I'm so cynical about politics and politicians, but there's some that are out there like like I love my country, too. And I really want to cheer these people on. I want them to do well. And right. you know, I'm not the I'm not a, like a, a single minded asshole. Like when they do something wrong, I'll call their office all the time and tell them, now, don't get me wrong. I will. <laughs> but when they do something right, even if you're a Democrat or Republican, doesn't matter if you've done something I think is good. Uh, they never get calls and people tell them, hey, that was a good job. And I, right. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And let's focus more on issues like that. I will be that guy that emails or calls my congressman's office and say, you know what? I bitched about the last three things, but this was really good. And I just wanted to be fair. You know, I'm, I'll give credit where credit's due. Um, unfortunately, I just don't think most of them have. I think they have their interest at heart more than the country because they know at the end right. of the day, our country is a strong country. And we're probably going to be okay if they get theirs. I just, the, the thing that I think, politics and then i'll drop the subject but recently one of the things that hit the news that was so disturbing to me was a plan that they were trying to shove into a bill that would allow the irs to come in and monitor our bank accounts for anything more than 600 dollars spent well you know what that first of all that's that's a big invasion of privacy Mm -hmm. but if you're going to monitor when i spend 600 dollars, you know if you were a lawyer before you got elected you made like 80 grand a year and suddenly you're making 174 as a congressman. Do I get to see how much you spend in your bank account and why all of a sudden your net worth is like $8 million? Can, can we find that out? Like everybody wanted to audit Donald Trump. Right. Okay. But that guy was rich when he got in office. I want to know why Nancy Pelosi is worth $200 million. Yeah, uh, you and I both. I mean, yeah. you know, I think, um, you know, and same here. I'll just make one final thought, really. I think the problem that I see is that running for office has become a business. And since it's become a business for them and their opinions and their, um, their agendas, that's all that we're being fed is just a mishmash of everybody with a different agenda. And they're all out for themselves. And it's like, this is a failed business. This is not how you run a country full of citizens that, have voting rights you know i mean how do we keep it from becoming an enterprise level business which i think we're probably already there and people just don't have the say that this country was was built upon that you know we've fought for some things for women to vote we've fought for desegregation we fought for equal rights and those things you know yeah i think we continue to do the right thing like just 
we need to continue to do the right thing. Everybody has fair and equal say an opportunity for the effort that they push forward. And I think that's key is that anything you want to do in America, you can do, but it takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. And um, there's another person that's probably worth mentioning because yeah, I'm here in Virginia and we just had this election that politically, I guess, shook up a lot of things and Mm-hmm. No one has talked about our lieutenant governor. And when it comes to breaking glass ceilings, uh, win some Sears. And I would mm-hmm. you know, invite anybody, if, if you're slightly political, she is a very even-toned, per, a great head on her shoulders, a Jamaican immigrant, um, self-made, and then brought mm-hmm. herself to a level in politics where she got into politics and um, and is now Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, the first black female Lieutenant Governor of Virginia. So I saw that. And, you know, I, I heard a moment of her speaking and I thought, I don't know who this lady is right now, but I want to get to know her because you're right. What she had to say was very level headed. It was practical. It was logical. And it's crazy that we're in a place in time right now where a person that will stand up for America and all the citizens that it has within it in a practical, logical tone is refreshing. Like that's a problem. Why is that refreshing? You know? Yeah. It should, it should, it should be common, but it's not. And uh, right. the, thing, the thing about her, I think the more you learn about her, she has a very unifying tone. So it's not about Democrat mm-hmm. or Republican. It's about us. And she mm-hmm. has been very vocal and even kind of going after Joey Reed on the view and said, invite me on, I will come on at the spur of the moment and talk with you <laughs> about racial issues in this country and why we're so divided and, and why the media and politicians, they use a strategy of like war, divide and conquer. If you can divide people up, it's a lot easier to control a population or rule over them as opposed to like, hey, if we just put down our social media for a while and went out and got to know our neighbors that are Democrat, Republican, Independent, we all probably want the same things. We would all get along. Like we didn't have this problem back in the nineties. <laughs> you know, we just, we just right. sort of did, you know, and we were all very unified after nine 11. And I, yeah, I think we can get there again. I'm an optimist. And uh, I, I'm just, but I pay a lot more attention now about who I vote for locally than I ever have in my life. And maybe, maybe yeah, we'll- I agree with you. I, I think that we can get there as well. I think if you just look at the spectrum of things of how polarized Uh, The two main parties, which I don't think are going to remain main parties long term, I think the far left and the far right is just it's it's jumped the shark like it's just gone so far in their direction that, you know, it alleviates any type of reality, any practicality that we're gaining in this independent mass of people. Um, And I really think that we might see a strong independent for the 2024 election. No, we very well may. And, it, and, and that person could shake everything up and dictate who everything. And you're absolutely right. Like you have this, la- I mean, the voices on the fringe are the loudest ones on the far mm-hmm. left and on the far right. I mean, I know some mm-hmm. people who are so far left, they might as well be laying down taking a nap. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I've talked on this show a little bit about cultural communism but it's a reality when people are woke and canceling each other out, which should not happen. I mean, you know, I know this is controversial too, but go listen to the latest Dave Chappelle um, comedy uh, right. act on uh, Netflix. But it's like, you look, these two voices are so loud and the mainstream media only shows these two voices. They don't realize like the 70% of us that are in the middle are like, you know, these, these people are here and over there, like bad shit crazy. Right. And, uh, they, but they don't, <laughs> they don't cater to us. They cater to a fringe because it gets ratings. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I know people who have said, hey, we're going to be in a civil war. You know, if we would put our social media and Twitter down and get to know each other, no, we're not. We're not. It's not right. going to happen. You know? mm-hmm. Deep thoughts with Elizabeth Cooper. That, that, <laughs> this is a your... first. Be- this is truly a first on your show because I stay away from politics. I, um, you know, we know each other as friends. So we were talking a couple of days ago, and there were some potential guests that were very, very 
far left, very, very strong-minded on their far left agenda uh, items that they, they really believe in. And, you know, I, I said, I said, you know, I really don't want to bring any politics into the caffeinated Cooper show because it was designed to be uplifting. It was designed to be inspirational. And I think even if, you know, they were far right or whatever, any of these polarized views, I'm just hoping that they don't get off in a tangent in politics because I'll literally be sitting there looking at the camera like, oh yeah, and I had another question for you. Like, you know, just okay. redirect, redirect because I can't, I, I won't get into that conversation. Um, so this is, this is a first that you're actually yeah. getting in my brain a little bit as far as politics goes. I, you know, I don't like to, like, I don't mind if somebody's left-leaning or right-leaning. The only thing I ask for people is like, think it through. Don't just parrot what you hear on TV or your favorite news source mm-hmm. or podcast or radio show. And two, have enough respect for somebody else's opinions and rights that you're not going to run them over. This is, we don't live in a communist nation, but like I talked about, I harp on this cultural communism, woke culture, let's cancel people out. You know, we're not going to have a great country if we spend all of our time tearing people down. And there's a segment right. of people that will do that. And it's best, I would much rather spend my time building somebody up than tearing them down, even if it's somebody I don't like, because you're not going to get a better world if you're tearing people down. And that's what we see a lot of in the culture. We do. We see a whole lot of it. You know, I have referenced on the show a couple of times about Nextdoor. I find Nextdoor to be a hilarious app. And if you don't know what Nextdoor is, it's an app that connects you by location to all of your neighbors. And so it's a great town crier type thing where you can post, I'm selling a couch or somebody broke into my car, you know? So of course I'm on there because I want to be plugged into the community and hear what people have to say. And the one thing that boggles my mind is that somebody will post something so benign, like um, I let my cat out last night and the cat didn't come home. Here's a picture of Kitty. Can you help me find this cat, right? Totally benign. Somebody's asking for help. And in two seconds, that comment feed will become so violent (laughs) of people saying, well, why did you let the cat out? You know, it's nighttime. You know, we have bobcats that'll eat cats. You know this, you know, and it's like, oh my goodness, why do people find fuel in that? So, you know, it's a great application to spread kindness. And I really suggest that people use more of their social media to spread kindness. Um, Some of us may know today is the first day of Diwali. So Diwali is an Indian holiday, and it really hasn't been spoken about too much here in the United States, but I know of it. I have a fairly large um, Korean population in the area I live in, as well as an Indian population in the area I live in. I have a couple of neighbors, and for Diwali, they put lights in their front yard and decorate the house very much like Christmas. Yeah, cool. And so I had used Nextdoor last night, and I created a picture, and it says, Happy um, Diwali. And, you know, I basically said, and it was, I I did it because I truly wanted to wish everybody that celebrates that holiday, a happy holiday. But I was also hoping that maybe some people would see it and go, hmm, that's really nice. Maybe I should do something like that too. But my message was, I said, you know, this is Diwali Eve, as I posted yesterday. And I just want to let all of my Indian neighbors know that I wish you a happy Diwali. I am not Indian and I don't know anything about your holiday, but I know that you're celebrating it with family and friends and I wish you a blessed holiday. And it's like, it's blowing up. My phone <laughs> keeps popping up with people liking it and saying, thank you. And, and so if I have any message about social media and about kindness, as you were mentioning, it's so much easier. It takes so much less energy to just be kind to each other, to pay a compliment, even if you're woman to woman, how many times do I stop and say, you're really beautiful, or that dress looks lovely on you. I love your shoes. Your nails are so pretty. It doesn't always have to be physical presence, but they are taken aback. Like I'm the only person on the face of the earth doing that. And I know I'm not. But it's just, it, you know, that smile, you put a smile on somebody's face, it's going to last. Just like if you piss somebody off, guess what? You're going to be carrying around that pissed offedness for the rest of your day. 
And that person that's pissed off is going to be carrying that around for the rest of the day. So you have a choice. Either you can spread joy or you can spread hate. Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as that. That's a great point. I wish, you know, a lot. So if you're listening to the show today, go out and say something nice to a stranger. How hard is that to do? You know, you open, a, open a door for the elderly person behind you. You're getting something <laughs> at the drive-thru. Pay for the guy behind you. Might have had a bad day. You never know. I mean, can make all the difference. Can make you all never know. And you know what, <clears throat> ladies, ladies, we need to say thank you to those few men that are out there with manners and they hold the door open for us. They step out of the way for us to go first. That's a real man. And we've forgotten what real men are and how to respect a real man. Um, and it's, it's necessary. You know, there are some people that, that might have an issue with what I just said of, oh, she said, we need to respect, like we're beneath them. No, no, but they're being kind. So just say thank you, because I'll have to tell you, I was leaving the gym and this was probably 18 months ago, maybe, well, more than that. I haven't been in the gym for a while. And this one lady, she was leaving the gym and I was right behind her a few steps and a few steps in front of her on the opposite side was a man coming into the gym. So he opened the door for her and she just goes right out. She's and goes right out. Like, like he's trying to push her over or something like it's an insult. And so I looked at him and very loudly within earshot of her, I said, thank you so much for opening the door for both of us. She didn't say thank you, but I appreciate it. <laughs> and, you know, she kind of looked behind and I'm like, you know, I just, oh, it just pissed me off. It's like, you want to grab her little ponytail and say, uh-uh, come back through this door because uh, you're being yeah. disrespectful right now. Oh, so no, I ladies. Really think, yeah, I didn't really think about it. Like I hold the door for people all the time. I don't ever think anything about it, but you know, when I was younger, I guess it was kind of drummed into me. I, I have two mm-hmm. older sisters. So it was like, you know, you got to learn to be polite because I sure didn't like when people weren't polite to them, whoever they dated, you know, it's like, as my big sister, I kind of learned a little bit more about respect, but um, yeah, if I didn't hold the door up for my grandmother, you might get the taste slapped out of your mouth. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that was, that was how they taught you respect back then you know, some of the older, older folks, but, um, but yeah, so that's uh, yeah, that's good to point that out. Cause I see people do that a lot. And, yeah, I mean, I never need to thank you, but yeah, once in a while, it's kind of nice, I suppose. I never really thought about it, but yeah. It is. It is. And I think ladies need to be ladies. You know, maybe that's just a little, little bit of the Southern environment that I've been in for a very long time, but I hope not. But, you know, I've noticed in all the talking, like I have boys and I have girls. So I do the same thing of the boys open the doors and, and they know how to be a gentleman. Well, the ladies have to know how to be ladies too. They have to know how not to just push forward and go, I got it and grab the door away from the guy like you got to give them a minute so you know for instance there's a couple of times where we're inside of somewhere maybe a restaurant or something and all the girls and I get up first and we're walking towards the door and I will literally stop and one of my daughters at one time she's like what's wrong why are you stopping I'm like well because your father is coming he'll he'll get the door and they're like, why, what's wrong? Why do we need him to get the door? Is he the only one in the building that can open doors? <laughs> and I'm like, no, you dodo. It's manners. You got to know your manners. And maybe he likes to. Yeah. I'm sure he likes to. He, yeah, I'm sure he does. But there's a lot of people that don't teach it. There was one meeting I had with a younger man, a uh, producer. And I, God, if I had to guess his age, maybe he was approaching 30. And so I did that, you know, we had met somewhere where we're inside and we're leaving to go outside. So I paused at the door and, and he's just like standing there staring at me and we're still talking and we're not moving at all to the point at which it's uncomfortable now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So he finally goes, he's like, "Um, are you waiting for somebody? I'm like, no, I'm just waiting for you to open the door. So once a mommy, always a mommy. I have no problem, you know, like, hey, dude, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, your kids are going to grow up well behaved. You know, you already have one mm-hmm. daughter that's older and doing great. So, and I know yeah. you have some uh, some things coming up and some healing to do over the weekend. So I, I hope do. everything goes smoothly for you and keep us posted on on uh, how things are going. And uh, we'll Thank you. back up and at them soon. But hey, uh, thanks again for the chat. And I'll, I'm, I'm sure I'll be talking to you again soon. 
And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning into the Gonzo Chronicles. Uh, if you like the show, make sure you subscribe and leave a ranking and a comment. And we're 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 now, Elizabeth. I'm on iTunes, Spotify, I'm on uh-huh. Google Play, I'm on uh-huh. Amazon Music, and I'm on iHeartRadio. So are you on Podbean too? Yeah, I'm on Podbean, so you can go online and listen to it there. Uh-huh. So that's the that's where I upload it, and then it just goes out the filters out to all those. So you can listen to it on your smartphones. So if yeah, you like awesome. the show, if you like the show, tell some folks about it. Definitely tell people about Caffeinated Cooper show. You you want to go back and watch those shows, especially the last couple of weeks. You've been so busy. So, and I thought I was busy. You you've been running circles around me, and I've been out of town twice. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but thanks again. We'll we'll have you back on soon. We'll maybe do some uh, I don't know some other twenty questions, but not twenty. That's a lot of questions. Yeah, I mean, we've got some holiday stuff coming up. We could do something crazy, holiday themed something. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. But, I'm your passenger, so you tell me where we're going. We'll just well, go for spent, a ride. It's been October talking creepy movies, so we can talk some Thanksgiving stuff, um, some Christmas, like favorite Christmas movies. We can listen. Yeah, I like to lift people up, but I'm not lifting up Mariah Carey because I hear way too much of that during the holiday. But um, she's been lifted up enough. How's that? Yeah, she has. <laughs> but we'll but we'll be back at, um but thanks again and and, and you know have some uh relax this weekend and, and uh, try to try to enjoy yourself i think i'm gonna go on a b-double-e-double-r-u-n beer run it's been a long well, week. i'd love to go with you so you you'll have to let us know what you're drinking maybe maybe we could talk about that and talk about drinks i know a lot about drinks and food and you know all those those well, great we, things those we keep, comfy we keep, things in life we keep joking around. We're going to do one of these like half in the bag one of these days. So you never know. We need to. We really do. Yeah. <laughs> I can't is... promise you I'm going to sit in one place, though. We'll call it the, it'll be entertaining. The wine and spirits <laughs> episode. And I'm not talking ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, thanks again, Elizabeth. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Honey. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye.